What is up, guys? Welcome to the Tony and Dakota podcast. Today, we have a very special local guest that Tony's going to introduce. This is Lonnie Whitlock. He's the owner of Iron Society here in Fort Wayne. I actually met him at a Chipotle, and I was like, dang, look at that guy's body build. He looks like he put some time in. And then after I started talking to him, I was like, oh, I actually do know this guy. <laughs> so I just sat down to him at Chipotle. I was like, hey, how you doing? We started talking. And then uh, after I remembered who he was, he looked familiar. I was like, oh, you know what? Just during the conversation, he was being authentic. He was being genuine. I could tell he was being himself, and he was a good dude. And I was like, we need we need to have you on the podcast to be valuable for people. So thanks for coming on, Lonnie. Appreciate it. Thanks you. for having me. I really appreciate it. So uh, when... When I was talking to you, we were talking about some of your early struggles, and we even talked. We ended up talking about the housing market a little bit <laughs> since I'm in real estate. Yeah, and uh, you talked about concrete, um, working, working hard, mm-hmm. working long hours, doing lots of different things. <laughs> and over the course of, you said that you've been in the fitness industry now for 33 years. Mm-hmm. What? How did you end up in the fitness industry, especially in the Midwest? Yeah. You know, it's, this isn't L.A., so no. it's tougher. I would imagine that it's tougher to make it here. I don't actually know what I'm talking about. You're going to have to educate me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when it comes to getting into fitness in the Midwest, why did you decide to go after something that ordinarily people around here would be like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to touch that. That's not, that sounds like a difficult task. Um, as far as the fitness industry goes, I started when I was 16 years old, like everybody else. You know, I just went to the gym because I was a skinny kid. You know, I am, I'm the cliche. Um, I graduated high school at like 115 pounds and six feet tall. Oh. Um, my girlfriend at the time, which is now my current wife, Nikki, um, she actually outweighed me. So... Um, yeah, I just started working out to try to, you know, not get beat up and you know, fell in love with it. It was something that, you know, I did all the way through the military and then, you know, just kept up with. So, um, yeah, this is 33 years that I've been in and around the fitness industry. So it's been a long time. I've seen a lot of things come and go, a lot of trends and a lot of fads. And, you know, but ultimately gyms can never be. And I know a lot of companies, you know, talking about educating you about the fitness industry, they're trying to move everything online. You know, Mm -hmm. they're trying to do as much virtual stuff as they can, which isn't a bad thing. But ultimately, the gym is a place where people go to not just get healthy and take care of themselves, but it's also, it's a community, you know? I mean, that's why we named it Iron Society, Mm. you know? It's a society of people who are, you know, just trying to be better than they were yesterday. So, yeah. Awesome. So, uh, as you were uh, getting into it, what age were you when you first decided that you were going to become a gym owner? What made you decide, I want to own a, I want to own a gym and have all the headaches that go along with owning a gym? <laughs> yeah. Um, 2019, when I bought this one. Wow. Um, okay. Now, I... I always wanted one um, all the way back to, I'm going to say probably 97, 98. So I got out of the military in 97. And uh, I, I joined a gym back then. It was called Power Station. It's in Middletown, Ohio. It's still there. Um, uh, it was it was a very much a hardcore gym. Dirt on the floor, like, you know, older equipment, stuff like that. Like a really cool place. Like I would want to go. Mm-hmm. But the average person, you would never go in there. Um, I wanted a gym back then, 
But when I started to look into how much it costs, because I think people don't really realize how expensive these things are. Like, for instance, one 90-pound set of dumbbells is 225 bucks. Mm-hmm. That's for one set of dumbbells. You know, and there's, I think we have 45 sets at each gym. Jeez. So, I mean, the dumbbells is, you know, and, and that's just one thing. Right. So when you're, you know, in your mid-20s, looking at, you know, half a million to a million dollars to set up a gym, that's not happening. Yep. Not to mention, banks hate gyms, just like they hate restaurants, mm. so you can't get them financed. Everything that uh, my wife and I have done up to this point has been out of pocket. We have no financing. Everything oh, is wow. paid for 100%. Excuse me. Um, so it's been bootstrapping it the whole way. DuPont was $1.8 million. For um, everything, just to build it. Oh, yeah, just, just to build just it. Just to build it and outfit it. Yeah. So everything. Yes, okay. you're correct. Okay. Um, when it was built. So if you look at that as an example, that's a twenty thousand square foot big box gym. Mm-hmm. At one point eight million back in two thousand eleven is when they built that. Wow. You know, in today's money, that's probably what two and a half. Yeah, at you least. Know, it's expensive. Yeah. So the prospect of doing that for the average person isn't going to happen. And me, when I was in my 20s, wasn't going to happen. So in 2019, we had an opportunity. Um, Spies was falling apart. Um, and, you know, Tom Spies, who was a friend of mine, um, known him for years, uh, did pass away, unfortunately. Oh, wow. But prior to that, he was going through a bankruptcy, okay, going through financial hard times. Um, what time was this, 08? Or? Uh, this would have been 2000 and I think it started in 17. Okay. So, and pretty much by 19, we knew that he, he was going to lose the building. We didn't know who was going to buy it. We had no idea what they were going to do with that gym. And honestly, Spice was my gym. That was my home gym. Mm-hmm. So it was big. It was great. You know, I loved it. The equipment was very old and broken most of the time, but it was still a big space. Mm-hmm. And the pandemic didn't help. Not at all. Not at all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So in 19, I got introduced to the owner of Max Fitness. Um, he was going bankrupt as well. So being very central to the bodybuilding community, if Max closes and Spies closes, where are we all going to work out? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's literally the only thing I thought. So when I said 2019 was when I decided you know, I wanted to become a gym owner, it was almost a force of I have to because mm-hmm. otherwise we have the why and Planet Fitness. Right. That's about it. So we decided to jump in. Um, we looked at buying Spies. Uh, at the time, there was over $8 million in cost renovations and um, code violations that had to be brought up to code. Uh, we That's not going to happen. For $8 right. million, dollars, I can build a really nice building and have yeah. a really nice gym. Brand new. Right. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm out. Um, then we went to the Max Fitness deal. That was a much better deal. Cashed in all of our 401k, leveraged our house, um, all three of them. Um, wow. And decided we're going to go all in on this thing. And so we did. Um, we made our first profit $300 in, I believe it was February of 2020, because it was the very next month they manda- uh, the government came in and said, you have to shut down. Mm. First profit, and then when they shut us down. When they shut us down, we stopped billing, because I, I can't in good conscience, bill people for something they can't use. Um, I, I'm not 100% sure on this. I was told this by a couple other people. Other facilities in town didn't do that. They mm-hmm. kept billing. Yeah. We stopped. Wow. Um, so for two months, we didn't get any, any revenue. Wow. 
um, we didn't have the the back you know the the backup. So the, talking about the pandemic, it I had three heart attacks in twenty because of that pandemic. The first one was in May, so just stress induced. Holy crap! Wow. Mm-hmm. Yep, that so, generates a lot. So uh, <laughs> this this will be funny. We can cut this if you don't like this. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. So I, uh, whenever I'm doing research, I have a pretty good system, and I saw like I I think about Dakota and I and how. There's like always opportunities, you know, in traffic where you want to beat somebody's ass. I saw that <laughs> you you got into some uh, Fast and the Furious type shit where you were <laughs> drag racing some cars and stuff like that. I was like, uh, yeah. you know, Lonnie seems like one of those guys you wouldn't want to mess with. And so I'm wondering, <laughs> I'm wondering with your personality and things like that, do you think you're you don't want to mess with me, I'm not going to quit type attitude is something that helped you overcome the challenges? Do you think that, yeah. Yeah. I always tell people, and I'm not smarter than anybody. I'm not better than anybody. I think I'm just too dumb to quit. Like, I don't like to fail. It doesn't work for me. And I failed many, many, many times in my life, and that's just part of life. But I don't like it. It didn't feel good, so I try not to do it. Um, the drag racing thing, that was actually me and a buddy of mine. Uh, we were leaving one of my shops. So I used to build cars for a living. Oh, wow. Um, and that was my second uh, business attempt. It was a Wicked Customs at Whitlock Automotive. Okay. And uh, we were leaving the shop one night. We retired. We just finished building one of our cars. And uh, I raced turbo, uh, turbocharged Hondas back then. So I had a little... Uh, 89 that plus. was some real fast and the furious stuff yeah, you're going yeah. underneath semis and yeah. stuff too yeah, yeah. No, no no that is all make-believe you put the neon underneath uh, of it no I, that one i never did i never got into that i don't know why it just never appealed to me did you have a, a big ass wing on the back of it or anything no i didn't have that either um what i had was i did have a roof scoop which was kind of dumb now that i look back at it it's like that was stupid because um, it was totally pointless. But, uh, no, I had a little Civic hatchback, uh, 1989 Civic hatchback, that I had bought out of a junkyard for $150 and built the engine, turbocharged it. Um, you know, we went through and did the whole block. Did you build the Frankenstein version? Yes. Were you, ah! Yep. <laughs> Everybody yep. was doing that. Yep, yep. It was very popular back then. But uh, we were leaving the shop one night. I had a crazy loud exhaust on my car. He had a crazy loud exhaust. We were actually just sitting at a stoplight, like, piping each other. <laughs> <laughs> and this cop down the street comes racing up, screaming at us, and tells us to pull the f over, and you know pulls us out of the car. And we're like, we didn't do anything. He said, Well, I heard you racing. It's like you heard, and we didn't sit here at a stoplight. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. So yeah, so that was the whole drag racing incident. Oh, that's nice. funny. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. I wasn't even racing. I'm not going to say I haven't done that, but I wasn't doing that then. Right, that's awesome. <laughs> it's like well. Even though you weren't, I knew that you've done it before. So oh, yeah. we're gonna, you're gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna give you a ticket. We're gonna figure this out. Right, right, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge car fanatic. So, so yeah. somebody, a young kid, comes to you and says, "Lonnie, you're an inspiration. You're a gym owner. I want to own a gym too. What are, what are the, the, what's the science and strategy behind a winning as a gym owner? How do I do it? How do I make it work? Um, what do I do? What's the first thing I do?" What's do the second your research. Thing I do? Go to work in a gym. Work in a gym for at least three to five years. Um, reason being, there are a lot of nuances that people don't even realize. We spend a lot of time just looking at traffic patterns in our gym to alleviate congestion, to you know 
keep a lot of the you know the groupings of people um, moving around the gym. The actual flow of the equipment and how everything's laid out mm. matters. Mm-hmm. Um, people coming into the gym as they come in the front door, you know, I have to look through my front door as if I've never been in a gym before. What do I want to see? What's what is going to intimidate me? What's not going to intimidate me? Because one of the biggest hangups that people have for getting healthier and changing their life and, and taking that step is they walk in the door and they are terrified <laughs> because that room is intimidating to most people. Mm. All they see is a bunch of stuff they've never seen before. It looks like torture equipment to them and they just want to run away. So having a layout that is pleasing, but yet gives them an idea of what they're going what they're getting themselves mm-hmm. into does matter. Um, and then the other thing that I would warn them about is cost. Excuse me. It is way more expensive than you think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, the dumbbell example. But most people getting into the gym business, they are passionate about fitness. They need to be just as passionate about business. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you can go into um, – because you know you're a personal trainer and you really love to help people get healthy. If you want a studio, sure, you can do that in your garage. Mm-hmm. Um, we have currently fifty thousand square feet under roof right now. Wow, um, that's a lot of real estate. You know, my rent is right around sixty-five thousand dollars a month. That's just my rent checks. So it's not cheap to run these businesses. Um, each gym costs me on average forty to forty-five thousand dollars a month, not including uh, payroll. Wow! So yeah, it's 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 a huge commitment. Are you letting deals fall through the cracks because you don't have good systems in place? We've been there before, and honestly, we've tried several different CRMs, and Ari Simply has been the absolute best. Ari Simply tracks your KPIs, does automatic follow-ups for you, and even records incoming phone calls. The system is very easy to use, and honestly, it has more features than we even know what to do with. If you're looking for a great CRM, try Ari Simply today. Click the link in the description below. Check it out now. Yeah, I want to talk about that. Actually, you said so. You said something that actually I already wrote down was fitness and business. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that there's a lot of similarities in fitness and business, and then also like there's a, there's some differences because obviously everybody that's good at business isn't always fit, and the people that are fit mm-hmm. always are, aren't always good at fitness, like you sure. said. So, what are the things that you think are the same? That's like, man, these are the same principles, and this is why it's important. Like, do you think that it's both important to have both, or how do you feel about all of it? Um, both as in, you know, having the business acumen and also having the drive to be in the fitness industry. Yeah, both okay. both in general, because I believe that fitness is actually going to make you better in business. If you're good at fitness and you're mm-hmm. actually taking care of yourself, you're sure. actually going to be better. So, like, that's 100%. one way that I see it. But, yeah. yeah. Like the, the connection between body, mind, spirit, and success. Sure. So when you sure. look at somebody and they're not that fit and they're good at business or they're Mm-hmm. They're bad at business and they're really fit. Like, what what is the make an argument for fitness with business having both? There's several different uh, arguments that I, that could be made. One of them is the parallel between fitness and business. I mean, you show up and you do exercises you don't want to do in a room you probably don't want to be in at a time of the day when most people are sleeping because the average person works out, especially you know professionals work out usually in the morning. Um, or late at night when there's not a lot of people there. And you do these things day after day after day and see zero results. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you can't go to the gym one day and, you know, do a bench press and go home and see, oh, wow, my chest is growing. You just know that over the next week, month, year, 10 years, you're going to get there. It's no different than in business. But you have to maintain that mentality because unlike fitness, fitness is something that it manages a whole lot of other things other than just your physical body. You know, a lot of guys use it. We have a lot of veterans that go to our gym and a lot of police officers um, that were um, that were former active duty. And so they use it for, you know, PTSD management. They use it for, you know, just mental clarity. Mm-hmm. It's as much mental as it is physical. Business, business is all mental. There's mm-hmm. no physical. So it's far easier to quit that than mm-hmm. it is to quit fitness. Plus, we, you know, we've been told for years now, you know, well, working out, that benefits you. It helps you. We don't talk about that with business. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we're taught in school. We go to school for 12 years. You know, if you leave high school that, you know, stand in line, raise your hand. We'll tell you when to eat. We'll tell you when to go to the bathroom, you know, all of these things, which I'm completely against the, the school system as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it needs to be overhauled. It's been the same way for 100 years. We're not the same world we were 100 years ago. Um, but we're not taught anything in that school setting that teaches us and prepares us for actual life. Mm-hmm. It prepares us to be an employee. That's what it's for. Yeah. So with fitness, I learned how to persevere in ways that I could never learn in any kind of educational system. Mm -hmm. So when it came to business, I would always parallel, hey, you know, I just trained for the last five years to gain, you know, 12 pounds of muscle. You know, if five years ago, I would have told myself, hey, you're going to kill yourself for the next five years and you're only going to gain 12 pounds of muscle. I might not have done that, Mm -hmm. but I did. You know, and it's not much different in business. You know, like I said, you come in every day, you guys come in every day and you do the same things. You make the calls. Do you really want to make the calls? No, but you have to. It's just the reps you have to do to get where you want to be. Mm-hmm. What's the difference then between like, because I see a lot of guys that are in fitness and that, like you said, are not successful in business, mm-hmm. and but they're freaking ripped as crap. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So what's the difference then between somebody who's in fitness and somebody who's good at business? Um... I would say mindset. Some people that are in fitness just want to be in fitness. Like right now, one of the most popular things that um, I've been researching myself is a lot of people want to be fitness influencers Mm -hmm. uh, because that allows them to make money off of their craft and their hobby. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't require any business acumen. They basically just post videos and they get paid for it. That's fine. You know, that's that's a world that I never thought would exist, you know, 20, 30 years ago uh, when I started. But some people... Some people just don't have any business being in business. They just don't. Mm -hmm. Um, It does take a higher level of -of out-of-the-box thinking that I don't think a lot of people can do. I think they could probably teach themselves, but I also don't think they're going to want to go through the pain of learning that Mm -hmm. because it's it's challenging. Um, You have to be very, very risk-tolerant, and you – you have to love certain levels of anxiety and fear. We don't live in that world anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people want comfort. And I think I've heard you guys even say it, but it's an old saying, you know, success is just on the outside of your comfort zone. That's where it's at. 
know, if you if you're happy being comfortable, you're probably not going to be very successful. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I like it. When uh, when you were talking about your wife, you were talking about how you sort of uh, were in this together and you mm-hmm. were, you know, leveraging the houses. It's like a, a relationship decision. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like your relationship is pretty good since your wife is actively involved in the business too. Mm-hmm. So there are some people out there that don't have that. Sure. And uh, what do you, what do you credit your relationship success for? I'm sure it's evolved and changed and looked different over the years. How have you stayed together? How have you made it work? How, what, what does your relationship look like now? Um, very strong. Uh, my wife and I have been together, uh, I, I'll say off and on, um, since uh, we met in 1990. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it's been 30, 33, 34 years. Um, we met when we were 15. Um, through a mutual friend and I left for the Navy. She went to college. We you know, we broke up and uh, she actually ended up getting married while I was in service. And uh, so she was married in a not so good relationship, but you know, I uh, got divorced, I think in, I think in 2009 or 2010, excuse me. But, um, but yeah, we got back together and I was homeless at the time, um, living out of my car. Uh, she had just moved in with her mother. Uh, neither one of us had anything. You know, she went again, went through her divorce, lost everything. So, you know, and I, my relationship fell apart and I was living in my car. Um, we dedicated ourselves to becoming the best us we could be. We went back to school. We got our degrees. Um, excuse me. And started... I guess just building a life that we wanted. We never lost sight of that vision, and we we dedicated ourselves to us and that vision, and that was it. We didn't let anybody else in. We didn't let anybody else stop us. We were just going to do this thing because at the time, you know, we were we were in our thirties. We'd already been through bad relationships. We had already had our lives completely ripped apart. We were about as low as anybody could be. Um, and then we just decided, you know what, this is our goal. This is where we're going to get. And, you know, 14 years later, we're farther than we thought we would be. Um, but the advice I would give, support system is everything. If you're not married, if you're a single person, make friends. You know, you, you know lean on your family if you can. Uh, I know a lot of people don't have that. But there are a lot of people out there that are willing to help. You do have to ask. You know, they're mm-hmm. not going to just show up and hand it to you. But a support system is absolutely critical. I mean, I can only imagine you guys know that, you know, very very well. Mm-hmm. You know, if all you had was each other, you know, none of this existed, you would still be successful. You know, because you have a good support system. Mhm. So, that that would be the best advice I could give would be make sure you have a strong stable support system. And I know that, you know, a lot of people um, think they can do it on their own. You cannot. Mm-hmm. You know, you can achieve very, very little success by yourself. Yeah. You know, it takes a team of people. And, you know, even if you, you know, use your church, use, you know, um, you know, use the, at the gym. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's literally where I met everybody I know <laughs> is at the gym. Yep. You know, that was that was my my happy place. You know, that was where I went 
to clear my head, to, to meet like-minded people. And over the years, I have met some of the most amazing people I've ever had the opportunity to meet in, in that place. Mm. Have, do you know Alex Hormozzi? Have you ever heard of him? Absolutely. Okay, cool. Yep. So I heard him uh, uh, talk about this uh, Planet Fitness model. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was very interesting. I, yes. I I never even thought about it. But for anybody that doesn't know, basically Planet Fitness, uh, he said that they, they make it to where they don't want people to come in. So they Correct. make their gyms in a way that's going to detract <laughs> people who actually go to the gym and work out mm-hmm. from coming there. Yes. And so that way they can make more money and be profitable. Yep. Whereas like I think about Iron Society is the exact opposite of that, where it's like this is more trying to get people to come in who 100%. actually work out, who use the equipment, but then the more they use it, the more stuff breaks down. So mm-hmm. how do you figure out exactly you know, obviously you care about the fitness industry and you care about those people, but then you got to be profitable too. And so yes. then the more stuff you do, like, how do you balance those? And like, what's your ultimate goal for all of us is it to get people to come in and work out or, you know, like, what's your goals? hundred uh, percent. I, I don't really want a gym that nobody uses. Now, the reality is there has to be some of those people because there's physically not enough space in a gym to put everybody you need to pay for it um you asked about profitability we are but barely we work off about a two and a half to three percent margin so it's not a profitable business whatsoever um where the planet fitness model uh actually i sat in on one of their uh investor briefings once and they have an 80 20 model which is you know out of 100 percent, 20 percent actually use it 80 percent pay for it don't come back yep um one of the old executives is a friend of mine, and she was telling me that it's actually more like 8 to 12% that actually come in and use the gym. So as far as an ATM model, Planet Fitness is great. Um, the colors that they chose was specifically to be the most detracting colors. Mm. Um, that's why it's purple and yellow. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the colors that are most likely to push people away. Mm. Literally why they painted it that way. Their entire model is to never have you come in. Right. Ours is just the opposite. You know, we are heavy in equipment. Uh, we continuously buy equipment because we want you to come in. Mm-hmm. But we also want to make sure that we have enough equipment to house, you know, as many people as we possibly can. Our goal is to impact as many people as humanly possible while, you know, while we're in existence. We want to help as many people as we can be healthy. That's it. That's our overall, you know, overreaching goal. Have you been thinking about investing in real estate? It's not like what you see on HGTV. We created a course to show you how to really invest and create a profitable flipping and wholesaling business. We show you where to find the money, how to find the deals, and how to negotiate the deals. We go over live sales calls, including negotiations, scripts, role-playing, and so much more. Everything that you need to know to flip houses is in this course. And if there's a video that we didn't make that you want, we'll make it for you. This knowledge has made us well over a million dollars and it's available right now for $9.97. Click the link below, buy the course. Wow. Yeah, it's funny, you kind of talked about egress and that sort of thing because I find myself uh, getting ticked off at the YMCA a lot <laughs> with just like all of the people that you have to brush past in order to get to these different areas. Yeah. I don't think they intentionally designed it that way. I just think that that's the YMCA in general. It's just yeah. like 
okay, all of the weight training equipment is over here to keep like all the thugs over here. You know, I'm, I'm a thug. And then yeah. all of the, you know, this is over here to right. keep all the old people over here. Yep. And they have such a, such a mix of folks too. I think it's kind of interesting. I was, I was contemplating this, how originally the YMCA was founded because the, the Puritans decided that it wasn't holy to do something with your body. Mm-hmm. And so they started the Young Men's Christian Academy. It was exactly only men. Correct. Yep. Exactly and now right. it's almost no young men. You know, it's it's high schoolers. It's boys, really. Yeah. And younger. Mm-hmm. And then it's old folks. And if you do anything where you're, like, yelling or grunting or whatnot, they don't have the same policy as Planet Fitness. Right. But they still might come have a conversation with you, and there's, like, this air, air of, like, judgment. And, like, you know, it's like 100%. they've lost their roots, and it's just become a place that's, like, a community center mm-hmm. for old folks and young folks, and that's it. It's – I don't know when they did it, but they actually officially changed their name. Yeah, to, to the, the Y. y. And mm. yeah, they're, so they're no longer actually the Young Men's Christian Association at all. They have no ties to that whatsoever. Um, they are they are simply a five hundred three c that large corporations can dump money into. Mm-hmm. Um, if you and I did this because I was curious on their class schedules. We have a lot of people ask if we would do more classes. As an independent gym or any gym, really, classes lose you money. You make mm-hmm. no money on your classes. Um, you have a lot of space that you have to dedicate to it. You can't use it for anything else, and it's just it's it's a it's a losing proposition. Um, but for the Y, it's great because they know they're going to lose money on it, so it's a way for them to dump capital mm. and be able. So that's why they have like thirty-two classes a day. What? Yeah. Oh my! It's gosh. insane. Like the amount of classes that these guys run, and they'll have like one or two people in these classes, and they're the same people every week. Mm-hmm. Like they're the only ones that go there. And so for them, it's great because it's a money dump. Yeah. You know, they have to lose money. That's how they keep, you know, their business structure. So it is actually a rec center. It's now filed as a rec center. It's no longer what it used to be. It has no ties to that. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Dude, so I was at I was at uh, Black Canyon uh, last night. I was actually having dinner with... Uh, no, I was there uh, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Dang, I dude. love that place. Yeah. So there's two guys there. It's funny. I was just like in the bathroom using the restroom, and I heard these two guys. They're like, "Yeah, dude, I'm taking this TRT and I'm taking this stuff," and like they're just like they're just like uh, talking about this stuff. And so I feel like steroids and like peptides and TRT yep. and like all this different stuff is now becoming uh, a lot more. I guess normal would be the best way to it describe is. it. It is. And so uh, one would be like, "Have you taken steroids before?" Yep. If you if other people do, like, what do you what your recommendations for them like any things like that like safety because i've seen mm-hmm. other people like you know franson mm-hmm. um who, who talks pretty openly about it yeah but just like it messed him up and he's like dude you know and like so what would your advice be to different people or like younger people who are wanting to do peptides trt all that stuff so a couple different things um let's talk about the steroids first um yes i did them in large quantities um i am i'm around 230 now um, at my biggest, I was over 260. Wow! So I was I was a large person. Um, it did its it did its damage, like it does to everybody. There is no such thing as a safe steroid. I don't mm. care what anybody says; it doesn't exist. Um, would I recommend anybody take them? No, unless you have the genetics to be a professional bodybuilder um, or a professional athlete in general, mm-hmm. which again, most people don't have. I don't recommend anybody ever take them. Um, one. 
they anytime so homeostasis in the body is what your body wants all the time anything you put in that's endogenous is going to cause other systems to either either fail or at least get out of sync with what the body is supposed to be doing so it's going to cause problems regardless um young people this is the bad part of social media You've got guys taking trend, Trembolone, when they're 15, 16 years old. Mm -hmm. Your growth plates haven't even closed yet. Like, you have no idea what your body could actually do on its own. Eat food. Don't touch the stuff until you're in your mid-20s, because that's normally about where you top out on your testosterone production and and things like that. See what your body can actually do naturally. Mm -hmm. So... Steroids, don't recommend them. Taking them. Um, I'm on TRT now. Um, I will be on TRT for the rest of my life because of what I did in my 20s. Mm. So um, I completely destroyed my, uh, my, t- my testosterone production system. It'll never be the same. If I come off, uh, when I got checked, when I went on TRT, my testosterone uh, level was 30. Um, you're supposed to be between 250 uh, nanograms per deciliter up to, I think it's 1,100 nanograms per deciliter. I was 30. Wow. Like, it was insanely low. Um, so I was depressed all the time, tired all the time, you know, just horrible quality of life. So went on TRT, feel a lot better. You know, my, I'm, I sit in that 700 range now. That's where my doctor keeps me, and everything's, you know, everything's great. How, how often do you go in for blood work and stuff like that? Every six months now. I was going in every three months for the first two years so we could get the dose right. Yeah. So I've been on it now for about five years. Um, But, yeah, I mean, and and the other thing is there's a lot of steroids that if you're buying them and you're using them in the gym, they're probably made in somebody's bathtub. Like, they're not good. And you have no idea what's in there. It's just not recommended. You know, if if you want to do it – try to go through a healthcare professional or, you know, an organization that can at least, you know, monitor what kind of gear you're running. Is there anything like that in uh, Fort Wayne or anything like any no no medical Indianapolis or Um, not that I know of. So there's several different like online clinics that people are using now. Um, But one of the most prominent ones that uh, I'm checking out right now is called Ways to Well out of out of uh, Houston, Texas, I believe. Um, But they have a very progressive protocol that they're using because they understand people are going to use it anyway Mm -hmm. is there a way that we can do it and make it safer again there is no such thing as a safe steroid um but there are ways that you know it can be made a little bit safer so the other part of that question was peptides Mm -hmm. now peptides are something completely different yeah walk us through the difference between peptides trt steroids like what's the difference between everything um so TRT and steroids are essentially the same thing. It's it's both injecting an endogenous anabolic compound into your body. The difference between TRT and just general steroid use is it TRT is monitored very closely by a doctor. It's done based on your blood work and your um, and your current blood markers to make sure that you're taking the optimal dose to give you back what your body was ar- what your body already produced at one time. Mm. So it's not just you know throwing some drugs in there and going, hey, we're just going to take this much. Um, peptides, on the other hand, are a an amino acid chain, uh, a small amino acid chain that's a, a secretog or a signaling agent that tells the body, hey, it needs to make this protein. So each one is different. Each one has a different function. Uh, the most common that I'm sure you guys have probably already heard of is like BPC-157. 
TB500. Um, HCG is also a peptide. Um, all of these compounds, so BPC stands for body protective compound, and it's 15 amino acids in a, in a seven-branch chain. Okay, so that's where that number comes from. Um, when injected into the body, it creates, helps create a protein strand that helps repair soft tissues, wound healing, things like this. Mm. Um, TB500 is similar in nature, um, but it concentrates more on just surface wound healing. So it doesn't do as much with the soft tissues. So if you're going to choose one over the other, I choose BPC157. And peptides are injections? This is all injections. Oh, yeah, okay. this is all injections. Um, peptides are typically injected uh, water-based, so you can use an insulin needle. They're um, um, sub-Q, so subcutaneous, just right underneath the skin. You don't feel it. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't leave a knot. It's not like oil-based um, anabolic steroids uh, and TRT, where that's going to be an oil base. Mm -hmm. So that that needs to be injected into the muscle, intermuscular, and it needs to be done very deeply. So typically you're putting it in your shoulder or your glute. Pulling data lists like vacant houses, mortgage foreclosures, and tax delinquent properties is important to direct to seller marketing. Batch Leads is the main platform where we store our sellers' data and skip trace owners for their phone numbers, emails, and addresses. On other platforms, you end up having to pay twice for the same contact if you've already skip traced it. My favorite thing about batch leads is that if you've skip traced a contact once, you never have to pay for that contact again. Batch leads has SMS texting campaigns, direct mail marketing, and driving for dollars app integrated in a simple to use interface. Click the link below and try batch leads today. Wow. Yeah. I, uh, I got some blood work done by 10X. 10x health okay um and they they have me on a lozenge it's just 500 micrograms gonadarellin for yeah. to stimulate the pituitary gland to secrete more testosterone yep and it's a, uh, it's a similar compound to hcg unfortunately the last time that they had me go get blood work done it said some stuff in there like if you're taking any testosterone type stuff like mm -hmm. get off of it like a few days before the test and then they're like oh your testosterone hasn't moved at all and i was like well you told me not to <laughs> so there was some miscommunication because i would like to know where it gets what it gets me up to sure. because i know that like it has like a two to three day curve before it drops back off it does so i really only take it like every three days or so sure sure and then uh yeah i'm just curious because it's it's uh been incremental it hasn't been like this dramatic change or anything like that i know that uh it's a lot safer than other alternatives and i was just genuinely interested in trying it so i'm going to stay on it for now and see, mm -hmm. see how it plays it's out it's very beneficial so one of the things that we've noticed in i don't know who that is sorry um one of the things that we've noticed in some of the research that i've been doing recently if you go back about 50 years ago and i can't remember her name i was i was looking it up before i came here because i figured we'd talk about this um <laughs> There was a researcher out of MIT that had collect collectively put together about 50 years worth of data research on male testosterone production over time. Okay. And so she took a 50 year swath of, you know, I think she started it, you know, at, at 20. And she figured out that on average, the human male loses about one point per year. So essentially, if you start out, let's say you start out with 100, you know, um, 
uh, 100 testosterone score. By the time you're 50, 60 years old, you're probably going to be around 50 percent. In the last 20 years, because of the introduction in the 80s to plastics and some of the chemicals that are in plastics that keep plastics soft, they found that that has gone up 2.7 times the loss reduction. So essentially now, men by the time they're 40 have the testosterone level of men that were in their 90s Mm. in the 1950s. So we have lost, by the time we're 40 years old, almost 80%, some, not all, almost 80% of our testosterone producing capacity because of these chemicals. Mm. The research is very compelling. There's not a lot of data to back it up other than test level checks. Um, They haven't done any kind of, you know, um, internal research in in males to see if it's actually the plastics or is it, you know, a, a, a host of other things. But the one thing that keeps showing up is we're losing way more testosterone now than we ever have in the past. Um, it's also food production, all the mm-hmm. chemicals that's in our food. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. we eat almost nothing that doesn't have some type of chemical in it. Um, it was funny. I heard a uh, an ad. I want to say uh, it's been a few years. It was for Kroger beef versus Walmart mm-hmm. beef. And they were talking about the ingredients label. I'm sure you heard it. Yeah. It was everywhere. And the question was, why do you have an ingredients label in beef? <laughs> like, why do you need that? But it's true. We put something in everything we eat. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's that's where TRT has come from. That's why it's so prevalent now versus what didn't barely existed 10 years ago. Um, and then peptides. Peptides have actually been around for decades Mm. they're used in european and asian medicine and have been for many 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 years um last last thing i heard i was uh, listening to huberman andrew huberman and um i think he said somewhere around like 80 or 90 years um that these things have actually been around we're just now learning about them because we have an fda that really doesn't care about people Mm -hmm. you know they care about profits so because of that we're not going to hear about anything that's actually beneficial Mm. yeah so based on so based on what you've seen now um would you recommend peptides to somebody? Because, like, basically where I'm at is, like, so Ryan Pineda is our coach and stuff, and he mm-hmm. started taking them. He's getting freaking massive, which is crazy mm-hmm. to me. Like, he's his forearms just look bigger, everything. Like, he's, like, gotten a lot bigger. Yeah. The thing that, that stops me from doing anything like that, like, I've never taken anything ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, like, because I don't want to stop producing the testosterone or, like, limit mm-hmm. anything or take anything yep. away from what's going to happen. So whenever my body does stop doing, like, actually producing at the same level, levels then yeah. i'm like okay obviously i'll do something to keep my testosterone up but sure. i don't want to do anything that would possibly like make it happen faster sooner lower like anything right. that would be at all detrimental because more important than me just being i don't i don't care about being jacked or anything like that i care about being healthy healthy yep. is number one for me yep. and so would you recommend peptides to somebody or you think that like based on what you've seen it actually will affect testosterone homeostasis yeah Yeah. something in the future yeah i would 100 percent recommend peptides um if if you just look at the food quality of what we have now versus what we had about 40 years ago it's nowhere near the same i mean just the nutrient density in the food we have now versus what we had 40 years ago doesn't exist um you can look you know you can drive down uh, obviously we live in fort wayne so you know we have this huge you know uh agricultural uh industry that's in this part of the country drive around and look at the fields you know and and i remember as a kid i grew up in you know i grew up in wilshire Mm -hmm. ohio so there's like 490 people in that town as a farm town 
And um, so when you look, when I look at the fields, I saw you know very dark, rich soil. You don't see that anymore. You see fields that just sit hollowed, mm-hmm. and or hallowed, and it's because we just don't have the nutrients left in the soil. We've stripped it. You know, years and years and years of farming does that. Now we do try to put it back with nitrogen and you know <coughs> uh, some of the other. I won't get into it because it's kind of gross, but, you know, avenues that they, you know, try to put on the soil to increase it. And it does help. It does help. But ultimately, small boutique organic farms, things like that, if you can buy your food there, you're going to be, you know, far better off. Mm -hmm. But with peptides, peptides are not, they're not synthetic in the sense that testosterone is synthetic it is a synthetic reproduction of what your body naturally makes and when you introduce that into your body your body goes oh we're already we already have this we don't need any more of this peptides are a secretog you know they're a signaling agent they tell the body oh we need to make more of this so a couple of compounds ipamorlin and tessamorlin uh, tessamorelin um these are secretogs for HGH. That may be something that your coach is taking because like the BPC and the TB, those aren't going to make you big. Those are just going to help you heal. Um, yeah, the co- coach is also taking TRT too. He's, yeah. he's like 35, 36, 37. He is taking TRT? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's what caused him to gain the 12 pounds, I think. I, I think, thought it was only peptides. <laughs> well, no, the, the peptides are like, like uh, if you started taking peptides, I think that you would notice an incremental shift in your energy and an incremental shift in your overall physiology. But it wouldn't be like magic. No. Like what... No our coach did was magic because he's taking trt as yeah. well on top of the peptides well, trt by itself is also not yeah. something that's going to give you a whole lot of increased you know um uh, muscularity or anything like that um what you usually find is so there's a little bit of a misnomer that you know trt builds muscle it actually doesn't mm-hmm. what it does do is allow you to repair it faster mm-hmm. um so essentially testosterone allows you to work out harder for longer, tear down more muscle, and rebuild it faster. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, it, you know, air quotes, builds muscle. Mm-hmm. Peptides, peptides doesn't do any of that. It simply allows you to, or your body, to make more of whatever compound you're lacking. So again, as we get older, certain things start to deteriorate. Um, human growth hormone is one of them. Um, the two compounds I mentioned, uh, the ipamorelin and the tesamorelin, are uh, two secretogs that help the pituitary gland and the stomach help to release testosterone. Hmm. Or, I'm sorry, uh, human growth hormone, not testosterone. Hmm. I misspoke. So does by taking that stuff to make your body produce it more, make it produce less in the future? Or is it not? No. Gonna, okay. doesn't work that way. Hmm. Yeah, nope. and And when I just you know, skipped five days of taking mine, they looked at what my numbers were and they were the same as before I started taking it. So you can always like kind of test and check and make sure yeah. like if you want to cycle, you want to, well, not, you don't really even cycle off of it because you don't get on a cycle to begin with. Right. But yeah. if you wanted to just get off of it, wait, get your blood work done, check, make mm-hmm. sure. Cause like Dakota, I think, I mean, I don't know if you care about me sharing your numbers. I was no, around, I, I was around like 280. Okay. Um, for, which, for for a young guy, that's pretty low. Yeah, and yeah. and so their range was only two fifty to eight fifty. They weren't even going to the eleven hundred like you're talking about. They were like two fifty to eight fifty. We really don't want you any higher than eight fifty, but yeah, we'll see where your numbers yeah. come in at. Yep. And so I was at like two eighty, and I I still do all the things. Like I still am like somewhat conscious of not 
taking in a lot of like seed oils that are not great for you. Sure. I sure. still kind of look at things like, um, for instance, in college, I got convinced that meat was terrible based on these like four, <laughs> you know, uh, health food documentaries yep. that I was watching. Yep. You know, I was like, oh man, I, I need I to go more natural. <laughs> so I was just, I was just like eating a lot of egg and a lot of rice and a lot of, you know, I was going to sure. the Mediterranean section all the time. Yeah. But then I was, uh, I was like, oh, I'll, I'll drink soy milk because it's high in protein. And then, you know, of course the, the meathead bodybuilder guys that I knew were like, wait, you're drinking soy milk? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, you know, that stuff turns you into a girl, right? <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> and then I started doing all the research and I was like, holy crap. I, I felt more like calm, centered, balanced at peace, but I was also just like, yeah, something doesn't feel right. I feel a little like uh, softer. Like my, yeah, I'm yeah. just not as strong as I was before. And, <laughs> and uh, started looking into it and those like phytoestrogens, you know, you look on WebMD or you look on some of these government websites. Oh man, and if you look like, on WebMD, you have cancer. Yeah, yeah. Well, phy- they're talking about phytoestrogens. They're like, it just helps you regulate a normal, you know, it helps regulate testosterone. It doesn't decrease it. And then you look mm. at the bodybuilding dot com and they're all like dude stop drinking soy you're gonna get small (laughs) (laughs) right well and one thing that i think everybody needs to keep in mind is every single human being is different like everybody's body's different everybody's gonna you know uh, deal with different chemicals differently so that's why they make so many medicines and so many different compounds because everybody's different Mm -hmm. but as far as your situation is concerned uh dakota i first thing i would do is blood work Mm -hmm. You know, anytime I have ever worked with anybody and I don't do that kind of work that much anymore. um, But anytime I ever did, the first thing we did was blood work. Second thing I would do is a food log. Tell me what you eat over five days. Mm -hmm. Don't change it. Don't tell me what you think I want to hear. Give me the absolute truth. And if you, you know, sneak a cookie, you know, or something like that, um, I want to know. I was working with a, a mom who did not break down that she would eat all of her kids leftovers. Mm. Her husband told me. She didn't tell me. <laughs> yeah. And so I started calculating that up based on what he said. She was eating an extra 2,500 calories a day. Couldn't figure out why she was gaining weight. Wow. Like, I got an idea. Yeah. So, but with you, blood work, food. Mm-hmm. You need to know where your numbers are, and you need to know what your health markers are. Um, being a young guy, I can almost guarantee you there's probably no issues, but I think you're going to be... A, a little bit surprised if you look into your testosterone level. I'll yeah. bet it's low. Yeah, so I already got some. Okay. Uh, and then I got the test. I don't remember where it ended up at. Do yours, you, yours was similar to mine, like 250 to 280. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. I thought it was just a tad higher. 320, something Yeah, like it was that. like somewhere like to where it's decently, like where it's in the normal range, but mm-hmm. it's on the lower side of the normal range. Okay. And so then they basically suggested that I get on it. And then I was like, I don't know. And I was kind of nervous because, yeah, I just heard all this different like stuff. Low, low 300s. Yeah. Yeah, so the guy was like, yeah, just do it. And then uh, I was like, mm, I don't know. And so... Yeah. Especially injections. That sounds horrible. But where, it's not. Where would somebody get uh, peptides and stuff like that if they wanted to? Do you recommend a doctor? So Ways to Well is probably one of the better ones out there right now that I okay. know of. Um, compounding pharmacies, definitely. There are websites that I uh, have used um, uh, for research purposes only. Um, Peptide Sciences is probably one of the better ones. So, and they're, they, you can get just about everything through them. And I know a lot of people who do. I don't know if you guys follow Ryan Humiston or not uh, mm-hmm. in his YouTube channel. Um, but Ryan put up a video about them, I want to say about a year ago. And so I started looking into them. And excellent company, uh, 
good products. Um, I've done s- several different experiments with their stuff, and it's and it's proved out pretty good. Um, but yeah, for that, if it's not going through a compounding pharmacy, I definitely for research purposes only. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna look up. Uh, I actually have it, so I'll look up what it is. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of curious just to see where my testosterone stuff come in at, but. Yeah, yeah. And it, not just testosterone, but you also need to know what your estrogen levels are, what your um, total and free test is, because uh, those are two different numbers. Yeah, my total and, and free total test was things. quality. They were like, yeah. your, your total and free test looks good, Yeah, um, right. but your, you know, yeah. was it serum testosterone is Serum low? testosterone, yeah, yeah, that's, low. that's yep. low. So if your free testosterone is still within the normal range or high, even though your overall testosterone is low, that's not such a bad thing. Now, for longevity purposes, it's something you're going to want to have to monitor and pay attention to. But for the immediate, as long as your free test is, is uh, within range, you're okay. You probably don't need to go on anything if you really don't want to. So to Dakota's point, you know, if, if he's really nervous about doing that right now, because if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? Uh, 29. Okay. So you're still a very young guy. You've got a lot of years left. Um I don't know that I would if your free test is is in range. I, I think I might put that off for a little bit. Now, peptides, again, totally different compound um, for a totally different reason. That is something that you could start using almost immediately. Okay. Yeah. And you just get it on Ways to Wealth? Well? Yeah, Ways to Well. Um, there's a couple of different pl- uh, places. Um, oh, Rogan had one, had a guy on. His, his guy was from uh, Tijuana, Mexico. Mm. Um, but they did stem cell, they do TRT, they do a lot of different things. So there's a lot of information out there that you can get. Ways to Well is the one that I know about because a friend of mine brought it to me that, you know, it's a new um, new clinic out of Texas. They do stem cells. So I was looking into stem cells. I don't know if you guys know. I've had three elbow surgeries having my Holy triceps tendons uh, reattached because, you know, years of doing dumb stuff happens. Um, so, but stem cell is something relatively old in the medical community, new to the general population. And so I'm looking into it, and that was one that came up because they used naive stem cells versus coded. Mm-hmm. Naive stem cells are umbilical stem cells that have not been coded. Um, they hold wherever you put them. Um, they're, they don't last. Or, I'm sorry. Let me back up. When you use a coded stem cell, it's already coded to a certain part of the body when they use your own. Mm-hmm. If you use a naive stem cell, like they're going to inject it into my elbow joints, um, I stand a much better chance of those stem cells becoming soft tissue cells or whatever the area of my body is that needs to be rebuilt versus coded stem cells. How do you get that done? How do you have a conversation with your doctor about stem cells? Um, so my doctor is awesome. Um, Trevor Vanderhorst is his name. Uh, he's with Parkview right here in town, and he is very, very progressive when it comes to uh, the kind of care that he provides. He he does not like pharmaceutical companies. He's not a pill-pushing doctor like a lot of them are. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't go with old-school protocols. He understands that, you know, we live in a different world now. We have different technologies. So he recommended um, me researching some of this stuff, and he kind of pointed me in the right direction. And so um, I just started asking questions. Hmm. So, and yeah, and then, uh, like I said, a friend of mine brought me that uh, Ways to Well. Um, they heard it on a podcast. So, awesome. yeah. We're getting close to the end of the podcast here. I want to stay sure. on time. We could keep talking about this for a while, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, you uh, have the opportunity right now to fast forward to the end of your life. So mm-hmm. maybe you're 100 years old, you're on your deathbed, <laughs> your family's around you, and you have one final message 
that you get to share with the world. It's mm-hmm. unique to you, and it's something people would point to and be like, oh, yeah, Lonnie would say that. Mm-hmm. So it's your legacy message, how you want people to remember you, your message to the world, the final mm-hmm. thing that you get to say. It's something that's meaningful to you that you think that folks need to hear. And uh, it could be a mantra. It could be a sentence. It could be a paragraph. Okay. It's your last I, message. I wouldn't say it's a, a mantra. Money doesn't matter. Time is the only thing you can't get back. Use every single second to the best of your ability. Because when it's gone, it's gone. I was 25 a week ago. <laughs> you know, I turn 50 next year. <laughs> wow. So, you know, I, I look back on all of the things that I've had the opportunity to do and, and the amazing people that I've had the opportunity to meet throughout my life. And I regret almost nothing because I literally did everything I could to get where I am now. And I, I made mistakes. You know, I obviously I was homeless twice. I ended up ho- homeless twice. And um, but I built back, you know, and I learned from it. You know, it, it's it's been a journey like I never thought I could have. But it's amazing. So uh, that the money isn't the most important thing. The amount of people you can impact, the amount of lives that you can change just by being you. Mm. Awesome. Uh, how can folks get a hold of you if they want to? Oh, geez. There's a lot of different ways. Um, Easiest way is uh, Facebook, um, just Lonnie Whitlock. Um, Instagram, Lonnie Whitlock. TikTok, uh, Lonnie Whitlock. Um, Or through uh, ISG Fitness, through our website, isgfitness.com. And then I think it's Iron Society Fort Wayne um, for our Facebook and our Instagram page. So, yeah, I... I'm very easy to get a hold of. <laughs> Lonnie is L-O-N-N-I-E. Whitlock is W-H-I-T-L-O-C-K. Yep. Uh, do you have any final thoughts that you want to share with our viewers no. before we? No, I just appreciate you guys inviting me. This was a lot of fun, man. Yeah, yeah. I thanks like for, this. Thanks this, for this coming cool. on, dude. Yeah, and then yeah. giving us some uh, advice on peptides. I gotta, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep looking. I just spent like you the last five minutes, but I'll keep looking. Yeah, I'll find out to. what it is, and then uh, it's, yeah. Like I said, it's been around a long time, but it, it's 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 amazing what it can do. I'm on a protocol right now. Oh, BenGreenfieldLifestyle.com. Okay. Ben Greenfield is probably the the biggest. I hate to use this word, guru, but he has spent half his life studying peptides, and he's very very knowledgeable. So if you get to go BenGreenfieldLifestyle.com, um, there's all kinds of information on his website, and he is amazing when it comes to peptides. He even breaks down protocols depending on what you're looking for, if you need repair, if you need muscle building, if you need um, – I'm doing one right now called a Benjamin Button, mm. um, which is I'm trying to reverse aging because I yep. hate being old. Um, but it's, it's awesome. Great information. Love it. Yeah. Cool. Thanks again, man. Appreciate hey. you. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Take care.